0: Brothers and sisters, welcome to the Christian Fishers of Men podcast. I am your host, Alan, and we are on episode 36. Uh, Forgive me, I I didn't get a chance to put out a podcast last week. I uh, am editing one that I'm trying to record, and it's taking a lot longer than I thought I would. It's a little bit more involved than just a regular podcast. I uh, I'm working on doing one that's talking about the code of life. And it's just, in order for me to do it justice, it's going to take a little bit longer to bust that one out. But I figured I'd take a few moments today and uh, touch base and just make sure that we are um, getting ourselves ready to, um, to participate and not just to listen. Notice that I said participate in general conference. As we gear up and as we get ready, it's, uh, it's Monday for me right now. I, I got up early with my, my son. We got ourselves a good weightlifting session in. He's 14. He's, uh, learning the ropes and I have a chance to be able to, to kind of teach him and, and guide him and, and get him started with the basics of lifting weights. And it's really cool because, um, it's just, it's cool to be able to sit there and lift weights with your boy. There's something about that that's really special. There's there's some good man training that's going on there. But as we um as we get ready, brothers and sisters, as we look forward to hearing from the brethren, right? From hearing from the prophet. It reminds me that you know, we need to we need to rededicate ourselves as we do every Sunday. Hopefully, when we take the sacrament, we need to go ahead. We need to rededic- rededicate ourselves and remember and keep in mind how great a blessing it is for us to be able to have these opportunities, to be able to to be able to have a mouthpiece, uh, somebody who is able to. Speak to the Lord on our behalf as a as a people and as a as a nation As a world congregation really and there are people who who snark and 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 who will Deride that comment saying that we don't need a man between us and and Jehovah and uh, People who who espouse that kind of doctrine Have been deceived and there are many in our faith who have forsaken uh, that path, who have forsaken the things that we learned as primary kids or who who have been converts, right? This is one of those foundational things. And it is a biblical teaching, brothers and sisters. It is a biblical teaching. If you guys notice, when you go to my channel... Um, if you go to like the the content page right where it just kind of shows everything on there the video that i have that plays is um the it's a, a church video it's a bible video right and at the very start it says follow me and i will make you fishers of men and it then goes on to show christ calling the apostles now I don't want anyone to misunderstand. I'm not saying if you guys follow me, Alan, I will make you fishers of men. That is not the message of this channel. That is not my message. That is not why I posted that video there. I posted that video there because it is beyond important at this time, at this time in history, that we remember that Christ... Is the master that Christ is the architect that it is uh, Christ who holds himself responsible to provide a a path for us that who who provided a, a church a blueprint now he didn't just build the church he provided a blueprint for us to be able to know which one is true and obviously that has been lost obviously Some of those things had been um, pushed aside, but interestingly enough, if you go back to those converts, those people who did convert, people like Brigham Young, people like even Joseph Smith himself, right? Joseph was was confused, and he was a 14-year-old kid. A lot of these other guys that that converted, they were looking for the truth in, in exactly the same way that Joseph was, but... They understood some things biblically, biblically, and if you go back to, um, I I posted a talk by Floyd Wesson, and he he talks about those 17 points of the true church, right? Those points were known, a lot of those points were known by those converts. Um, They knew that there should be 12 apostles. They knew that there needed to be a prophet and people who, um, in previous years, who had started a lot of these other denominations, they recognized that they did not have the authority to create a church. And a lot of them said, I hope you guys don't create a church after me, right? Um, A lot of them basically created a doctrine and said, live this until the truth shows up. They knew that there had to be a restitution of all things. They knew that there needed to be a restoration of that primitive uh, Christian church, the one that Christ himself had built. But, going back to that video that I have linked there, uh, follow me and I will make you fishers of men, you know, Christ is the one who calls the apostles. You have to have the apostles. It It is New Testament biblical stuff. And, what a blessing that is to be able to live in an age where we have access to those special witnesses of Christ. You see, Christ doesn't have to have anybody to help. He, he doesn't need help, right? This church is set up, and it's it really is genius. This church is set up in such a way that we take care of each other, and in so doing, we grow and we become one. And I think that a lot of us have probably experienced that on some level. I I remember, you know, whenever you find a missionary companion and you're both in the zone, and you're both... And this could be anything, right? But I, I remember it hardcore on my mission. I remember it hardcore being in a elders quorum before presidency. I remember, you know... When everybody in a bishopric, um, like a uh, uh, ward correlation, in, in a meeting with the, with the bishopric where you're trying to solve a problem, everybody there is one. And it's really, really cool to, to experience that. And hopefully you guys have experienced that. But when everybody's on the same page and everybody is seeking out the salvation of their brothers and sisters, you are one. And you are are becoming one with the Savior. And in so doing, we, the, the servants, are growing. And the, the people who we are serving, as they receive that spiritual nourishment, as they kind of accept that help, they have the opportunity to become one with us and grow as well. It's genius. It is divinely inspired genius in how it is set up and how it works. As the Brethren approach uh, General Conference months in advance. Uh, You know that they're seeking for revelation. They're seeking for for things of of a better, right? They are seeking for direction. They are seeking for what we as a people specifically need to hear. And if you really want to look at a good example of that, you can you can look at the uh, epistles of Paul to the different peoples, right? You'll notice that he is he's tackling you know different problems with each people. Like the Ephesians have different problems than the Romans, right? Uh, the, the Galatians have different uh, problems than all than both of those two peoples, right? Whoever he's talking to. He's, he's, he's approaching them and he's, he has sought spiritual guidance and he is now delivering a message to them. And that is exactly what our apostles and our prophet do when they approach us at General Conference. It is there as a voice of warning. It is there as a as a voice of, of what the Lord would have us hear because they have done their homework and they have sought out the Lord in earnest prayer, in fasting, and they have received revelation from the Lord as to what we need to, to hear, right? What the Lord would have us hear. And that is very biblical. That is extremely biblical, right? It reminds me, again, just how lucky we are. You know, if you guys go back, and maybe I'll do a podcast on this. I've maybe i will maybe that'll be the next one after my one that's taking forever to do but if you if you go back to some of the writings of the early christian church right right after the apostles were killed off you know they they tried to continue on but there's an infiltration in the church right the uh the, the gnostics the these people came in and they started to transform the doctrine of Christ, right? And they started to, because they didn't have direction, because they didn't have have that direct, you know, line of communication with Jehovah, they wound up making some things up. They wound up voting. They had to take things to vote. You know, you go back to the Council of Nicaea, the Council of Trent, and stuff like that, where they had to say, okay, we need to create a cohesive doctrine here, guys. We've got a bunch of different ideas, and we need to, even by force and by the sword, if necessary, we need to figure out uh, what, what is Christianity and what our doctrine is. What are we going to allow? What, what do we think we should not allow, right? Precious, plain and, and, and plain, and precious things were lost during that time. But you can go back to about 100 and 200 A.D. uh, Especially 100 A.D. when it's fresh, when they know they have lost something here. And many of those prominent uh, Christians at that time, um, we have their writings and we, we can read the lament of the loss of the apostles. And they recognize that they had lost something special here. And they recognized that they had lost. They had lost a, a pearl of great price, and they lamented it. I have some of those, and I'll, I'll have to throw those into um, into my podcast. Some of those quotes, a lot of the doctrines that they um, will preach and that they they wrote down. You know, they said, "Hey, here's here's what we know to be true." You would think that you were listening to a, a current member of the of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints talk, like it was really cool to to read that. When when you do your research, it's there, guys. But you know, we have this foundation, and it's it's not ours. It's Christ's foundation. You know, He told Peter, you know, upon this rock will I build my church, and You know that there's there's a lot more to it than just a just a a sentence here that we read and say. Oh, okay. Maybe he's talking about Peter. In, In a sense, he is, but it's also deeper than that, right? Peter's name, Petros, in Greek means rock, right? And Peter was the chiefest apostle. He was the prophet, right? After Christ left, the chiefest apostle became the the leader of the church. There's many um people who understand that who are not in our in our uh denomination right they understand that there was an authority there and that's how they claim their authority that that it goes back to to Peter right um it's interesting because they don't understand that that means that there is a a church organization that has to exist and has to be there. And we we have that Chiefest Apostle set up. We have the, the, the Quorum of the Twelve. And we have the Quorum of the Seventy. Like, it is a God-inspired Christian foundation of what is supposed to be there, of what is supposed to exist. And I tell you, like, I just... I got some things on my heart that I'm holding back here. You know, you, you can probably hear me pausing and choosing my words and stuff, but you know, I, I, I have seen people fall. I have seen people fall personally in, in my life. Um friends, family members, you know, the sifting is taking place right now. The wheat and the tares are separating themselves right now. And we have lost people, we have lost people because of the doctrine of the foundation, because of the, the, the doctrine of building Christ's house on the foundation of, of a prophet and apostles. A doctrine that is not a doctrine of man, but is a doctrine of Christ that he came up with himself that he prescribed to us not that we prescribed right it's amazing to me that people can look at at the lay you know member of the church and they can judge Christ by that lay member of the church and that is not the correct way to go about things you know if i if i find a jewish man who's a jerk i'm not going to judge all of judaism and i'm certainly not going to Judge Elohim or Jehovah off of that man, right? What we have here is a standard. We have a standard. Christ has set that standard. And that standard just so happens to be perfection. You know? And this goes from the the lowest of the low member of the church, the, the freshly baptized member of the church who's eight years old, who just exits the waters of baptism, clear on up to the prophet himself. Like we... ...of ourselves can do nothing. We of ourselves can do nothing... ...to be able to measure up to that standard of perfection... ...that is Christ Jesus, right? We are, all of us, trying. We are... ...you know, we are here and we are trying to... ...to figure out... ...how to adhere to the gospel... How to apply these these principles that we have been given. How to become one with the Savior. And it's not going to happen in this life. We know that. We're, we are not strong enough. We are not powerful enough to make that happen. That's why we have the Atonement. That's why, that's why God the Father has this plan of salvation where He takes His his perfect Son and He provides a Redeemer for us to be able to return back to the presence of the Father. It's incredible. It really is incredible. You know, I, I've just been thinking and I've been praying a lot and trying to, you know, knowing the General Conference is coming up, I don't think we're going to have anything... Super crazy announced at general conference, you know, maybe this is the one maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is the one where Where you know Christ shows up and and uh, is the uh, is the the keynote speaker here. You know what I mean? Who knows but I I'm starting to realize something. I'm starting to realize something People with ears to hear are going to hear something of worth they're gonna hear some incredible things of worth People who are there following the motions and just going through things, right? Just kind of la di da. They're maybe they're even looking for a huge explosive announcement, and then they're extremely disappointed. You know, we've been we've been reading a lot about parables lately, and come follow me, haven't we? We're reading about parables, and I, I, I taught the uh, the deacons class yesterday, deacons quorum, and. We talked a little bit about parables and we talked a little bit about how men and women are are equally yoked and how we need each other and how we are, you know, both genders are, are super special and important. And how that's being attacked in these days, you know, these last days of the last days, how Satan is so cunning that he is able to take and he can take a man and a woman and even pit them against each other. Even pit the genders against each other. You know, it's it's incredible to me. But we spoke about about how, you know, when, when Christ is teaching us things, when we have doctrine that is being delivered to us, you know. Um, let's take Elder Ballard, for example. Elder Ballard is, is. I was quoting him, and he was like, "You know, I've I've been interviewed by by local, you know, our, our local national uh, newspapers and and news outlets, and I've been interviewed by international ones, and it's always obvious to see who shows up to those interviews, and and by the questions that they ask." Who has a preconceived notion or who has a preconceived opinion about what they're about to ask me right and i i used that quote and i told them you know what what if somebody came up to you and said so how come you how how come your church uh teaches that they that they hate why does it teach to hate women why does it teach that uh that women are are inferior to men as a, and they were like but 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 we don't they were taken back they didn't know how to answer that for a minute I was like that's what you that's what we're up against right now and that is also why parables are so important you know that's also why parables are so important and that's why Jesus taught this way and if you look you'll see that the brethren are teaching in this way now they're not like using so much, parables as as hardcore metaphor and stuff like that they do but there's also just a a soft underspoken thing where they will just they just say things kind of casually but pointedly and if you're not paying attention if you're sitting there and you're you know you, you're looking past things and you're not listening with your spiritual ears you're going to miss stuff now I'm not saying that if you don't hear it when they're talking, you're a bad person. I I have to wait until it comes out, like, for me to read it. Because I have kids, and I'm usually breaking up fights, right? Like, it's going to happen at least a couple times a session. Where I'm breaking up fights, and I'm, you know, having to tell, you know, so-and-so to quit pulling so-and-so's ear or something. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm having to... To break up fights and stuff like that, but you know, we're obviously we're being blessed as a family for having our kids listen and stuff. We don't make them listen to every session because they just they're not there yet. They're young, they're little, but we say, "Okay, you need to listen to at least one session," right? And then they'll, you know, the other sessions they inevitably show up with their friends and they're being loud and stuff. We have to send them downstairs or outside or whatever. That's just where 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 I'm at. Where me and my wife are at in our in our journey here as a family that's okay because you get you get points and you get blessings just for the very act of of having them there having them listen right so i look forward to when it comes out on um where i can read it online right where i can see the words that's when i dive into it and i can get a lot out of it right and that's when you'll see those things. You'll see those little nuggets in there. It takes some. It takes work. It takes effort to be able to extract those things. Um, but it is super worth it. Just super worth it to do that. As we, as we look forward to this coming conference. You know, it's Monday today. I would go back and I would maybe read at least listen to, try to get into the zone um, by going back to those previous, the, the previous general conference. Specifically, look at what President Nelson has said. okay, And then look at what the, the apostles have each said. Look at the general messages and try to catch up on them. And, and if you can, try to read them and see what they said last time. And see if there's a message that's being built upon from last time to this time. It's just so incredibly valuable. And I'll be honest with you, I, I wonder if there is a coming day where we will not be able to hear the words of our prophet for a time. If maybe, you know, there will be a coming day when either through natural disaster or perhaps political um, upheaval. Who knows? You know, there, there's a lot of things that can happen and that if you read the book of Revelations, you know, <laughs> there's some crazy stuff in our future, right? But I look at that and, and I, I would mourn the loss of the prophet's voice i would mourn that i would mourn that like those guys in 100 ad mourned it mourned the loss of the of the sweet voice of the apostles as they put it hearing that that pure doctrine come from inspired men special witnesses of christ who he himself you know holds those those ppi's with right those those personal priesthood interviews with he is there uh, priesthood leader, and he is—he res- holds himself responsible over that quorum. He is the president. He is Christ Jesus, right? And that's very comforting to me. I don't worry about being led astray by the prophet. I—I—I I, I don't dis- uh, subscribe to that, right? In our official declaration. In, in one of our official declarations it's even said that you know that if a if the prophet were to try to lead us astray the lord would take the breath from him right he would take he would be killed he would not be allowed to lead the church astray in that manner and i i mourn for those that have fallen for satan's deception and have sought for for an easier doctrine to follow. They have fallen for a counterfeit doctrine in their pursuit for Christ, and they have unknowingly and unwittingly separated themselves into the terror category. And it it, it hurts my heart. It really does. I I I just I I feel their loss. And it's sad to to know that so many people are falling for that. So many people in the younger generation are falling for that. You know, and it's it's one of those things that's really crazy to see. I have anxiety for my children and for the next generation. And I was speaking, you know, I had an opportunity to go to the temple with the youth. And I was speaking with a brother in my ward and we were both talking about just that about the rising generation we were looking at our children that you know thank God were there doing their um their duties they were doing the priesthood duties they were participating in baptisms for the dead and it was awesome to be able to see my young kids and he had his kids there and you know his oldest one is a is is a priest and he was baptizing and he was showing his little brother who had just become a deacon. This was his first time. And he was showing him the oxen. and he was pointing it out through the glass and it, it touched my heart, you know, and, and I was speaking with this brother voicing our concerns for for them and for the future, you know. And the great thing about all of this is that the doctrine is laid out before us and we have access to our prophet we have access to our heavenly father through prayer we have every avenue every line of communication is open i am i am so excited for general conference brothers and sisters not because I think the City of Enoch is coming back in the in in the next week, not because I think that Joseph Smith is going to be resurrected and come back and address us. Do you know what I'm saying like there's a lot of people who get really into this stuff, and it's it's you know it's cool it's it's awesome, but we need to get excited for the fact that. The Lord has given our prophet and the apostles and those people who are speaking to us revelation, and we are hearing what we need to hear in that moment. At this point in time, this is what we need to hear. And we need to rededicate ourselves as Christians. We need to rededicate ourselves as followers of Christ, as members of this church, to espouse correct doctrine to espouse Christ Jesus to espouse living our lives and consecrating our lives that means everything to Christ and to supporting the Lord's anointed to building up the kingdom as far as we are given you know as as far as our ability to do so is there. Like, we need to do our part. We need to help each other. We need to make sure that we are doing what we are supposed to be doing. And if that means that we need to be ready, and we need, I, I personally think we do, need to be ready to, to sacrifice our lives in support of the cause, just as Christ himself did, just as the apostles have done, as countless Christians who who were torn to pieces by lions as they were on their knees praying to their God. You know, that's that's a harrowing thought. but, But I think that we need to be ready and we need to be mentally prepared in these last days of the last days to look into the face of of danger and and potential bodily harm and death and for the sake of Christ not blink i think we need to be ready to live and to die as christians i think we need to be ready to to give our all This is going to be a short one today, brothers and sisters, but I'm going to probably put out another one here on, on Wednesday or so as we get closer to General Conference. And, of course, I'll put out the Midweek Spiritual Boost and stuff like that, but I hope that you are listening to those Midweek Spiritual Boosts. I hope that you're listening to... Um, you know the videos of worth. Whenever I post one from a prophet or apostle, those take precedent. Those other ones are cool. Even the one by by Morgan Philpot, you got to take some of that stuff with a grain of salt. I like a lot of what he said in there. I disagree with some of it. Um, but as a whole, I love the message that that he put out there, which is why I I put that video out there. Not necessarily that I think that he is 100% correct on all of his doctrine and his interpretation of Scripture, but because I like the message of, hey, read the Book of Mormon, because if you want to know what happens next, it's all there, right? It's a map and a compass for us. But pay attention to what the brethren are saying. That's the whole purpose of this channel. Pay attention to what the brethren are saying. Pay attention to what the Lord would have you hear. I love you guys. I'm grateful for you guys. I'm grateful for the church. I know that it's true, you guys. Not because I'm a genius. Okay? Conversion has been spiritual for me. But I know that Joseph Smith was a prophet... And I know that there is an unbroken line of succession that has led us to our current prophet, President Nelson. And each and every prophet that has that has come and has took up the mantle of prophet has become very dear to me. I am, you know, I, I'm trying to trying to be like Jesus right I'm trying to do my part and to raise my voice in support of the foundation and in support of of my master Jesus Christ I'm trying to hopefully you know through the, the small sacrifice of time that I give and right now time is in short supply for me but Hopefully, through these sacrifices, the, the Lord is and then the Spirit is able to take and to, to do something with them. I love you guys. God bless you. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.